Hey friends, welcome to episode 88 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm Dara Swift, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. So great to have you, and I'm excited about today's show. But first, if you love Fierce Calling, would you cast a vote for it as the best female podcast at sparkmedia.ventures slash site slash awards for the Spark Fan Award? I would love it. Thank you so much. And the link's in the show notes. And, you know, we all want to be a blessing to others, but sometimes we're just really not sure how to do it. You know, what we really also need to do is get beyond saying that everything's okay when it's really not okay. Because we can make a difference in someone else's life by loving and blessing them well and listening to their stories. My guest today is author, speaker, and co-founder of The Inspired Business, Becky Kapitsky. We're talking about how to love others well, how the marriage memories of a dear friend inspired her book that we're going to talk about, and how to make a difference by building your blessings toolbox and what that means, and how she also helps creatives strengthen their skills and earn income, which is really cool too. And more about the show in a moment. But friends, have you checked out the Edify app? Fierce Calling is part of the Spark Network, and we can be heard on the Edify app. So download the Edify app today for free and start listening to some really great Christian podcasts. Stay tuned because what Becky has to share is going to encourage inspire and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Becky Kapitsky. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I am excited to welcome my friend, Becky Kapitsky. She's an author, speaker, and a writing coach. And in her latest release, Love the Cause, discover the courage and inspiration to live the joy of Christ every day and change the world one blessing at a time is so amazing. And I want her to talk all about that because I know we want to hear it. And she's also the co-founder of the Inspired Business, which we're going to hear a little bit more about too, because that's intriguing. And her and her husband, Chad, are living the dream from home offices in Northeast Wisconsin, and they're just about to move again, um, but into the same community. So, I mean, moves are moves. They take a lot. So I appreciate her being on the show today when they're getting ready to do that. And they also have two beautiful daughters, two lazy dogs, and tables stacked with homework and craft supplies. I love that. Just a down-to-earth gal, Becky. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Doris. It's so fun to be here chatting with you today. I just love that we have similar hearts for serving people in our audiences and equipping them with the love of the Lord. And what an honor it is just to get to speak to you today. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're such a blessing to me too. Thank you so much. And there's so many things that we can talk about. And I and I think the Lord's just going to lead into whatever, you know, to share with a listener really needs to hear today. So yeah, I'm believing on him for that. Mm-hmm. Whoever is listening, it God, this is not by accident. It's a divine appointment that you're hearing this message today. So Becky, I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Oh, sure. And what a fantastic question. You know, I consider myself to be a pretty average Jesus following woman. And I truly believe that all of us have access to the same power, wisdom, inspiration from the Lord in the word of God. And so I started my journey of serving other people 
as a writer, because out of desperation, because I early on, especially as my, my early years as a blogger and then as an author, I had a tremendous heart for fellow moms who were struggling with this whole idea of sacrificing themselves for these children who needed constant help and care and, and uh, you know, feeding and things like the kids just ate yesterday. Do they really need to eat again today? And, right. and these sort of uh, the, the wrestling with the idea of giving of myself in ways that stretched me and challenged me. And so I started writing for other women in my space who were not being open about the struggles that they were feeling. And I wanted to give them an opportunity to share with me the the struggles that we were, we really uh, had in common because I would, I would pull women aside at church and say, how are things going with your new baby? Oh, great. Things are good. Things are good. (laughs) I'd say, but Tell me honestly, how's it really going? And the floodgates would open and we'd have this beautiful conversation. And it was as though I had to invite them to join me in saying, it's okay to have real struggles. Talk with me honestly, break down that wall. What's really going on? And we would have such tremendous discussions about how the Lord was working in their lives or how they felt the Lord was absent in their lives. And that's when I realized there's so much power in being honest and in being real. So I built a writing ministry out of that. Really, it came from a need to express my own frustrations. And I dig into the word to see what is God saying about what I'm dealing with in my family life right now. And then I would write something that would inspire someone else. And it grew that my story is that my ministry and writing and speaking grew out of a desperate need to connect with the Lord and with other women in what I was facing in my daily life. And so God just blessed me with the opportunity to consider to continue growing an audience of people who appreciated that approach. And out of that came multiple book contracts. And I've never lost sight, though, of the idea that I am in this to serve one person. Uh, first, the Lord first, of course. But then if only one person would respond to a blog post or reach out to me and say, you know, I read your book and it impacted me or it helped me think differently about my situation, I would just thank God and say, I've done my job. Thank you, Lord. So for me, it's never been about growing big numbers. It's been about serving the one, whoever that is. And that has, that's how I have positioned myself to serve through my writing and eventually grew to a speaking ministry. And then God has allowed me now to speak into other writers and speakers and people in ministry to help them grow their ministries. And I'm just so grateful that every step of the way, it was born out of this need to know how to live my own life closer to the Lord, because I was messing it up <laughs> every moment <laughs> of every day. And, <laughs> and I believe, like I said earlier, we all have access to the power of God through the word. And so my ministry is just to point women to him and as we all need and to discover what he has for us in our everyday, our mundane everyday. And it's, it's beautiful. If we open our eyes, the Lord is there. He's with us and spreading the peanut butter on the sandwiches. And he's, you know, he's with us as we're driving to work and, and he's always with us and offering us encouragement. So uh, I just feel honored for the chance to point people to him wherever they are. Don't you feel that way in your own ministry? Yeah, yeah it's so humbling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to be used by God in that way and to serve others. And when we bless others, it blesses us. Yes. And I love how you were talking about the way you would approach women in church and ask them how they really are. You know, because 
oftentimes it's that what first level of relationship where it's just hey how you doing fine I'm good oh good have a great day you know and that isn't too deep at all but you probed them enough to where it's something they needed and they didn't know they needed it you know they didn't know they needed to say it out loud or that they even were allowed to say it out loud. And I didn't even necessarily have a best friend relationship with these women. I just was able to stand in front of them and give them a safe space to share sister to sister in Christ. What was really going on in your heart? And Mm -hmm. I, I am amazed at how women don't feel as though they can share, especially in the church, Mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to have it all together. I'm a Christian woman and I've been called to be whatever it may be, fill in the blank, a wife, a mother, an accountant, you know, a a staff, a staff worker in the church, people in ministry, even especially feel like I'm supposed to appear as though I have it all together. And can we just break that down and be honest? Because why are we really in church? It's because not a single one of us has it together and we know we need (laughs) Jesus. You know, he, he didn't come for the perfect people. He came for the sick people who need healing. And, you know, sisters, that is me. And so I just want us all to tear down the facade that everything is okay, because everything is not always okay in anybody's life. We always have a struggle, even when we're in the seasons of highs. There are still going to be things happening in our world that point us to Jesus, that show us how much we need him. And so let's just be celebrate the highs together, but also be open about the struggles that are happening, whatever season we're in. And it, it draws yeah. us to encourage one another, I think, as iron sharpens iron, to remember that we need the Lord at all times. Mm. At all yeah, times. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it, it's great how you were saying that you gave women a safe place to be able to share their heart. and. And in turn, too, it was healing to your heart to be able to speak your truth out, you know, what's really going on. And you're right. There is so much as far as expectations. And we put a lot of expectations on ourselves that are probably ones we made up (laughs) that are not really, really, you know, what other people are thinking or what they would think of us. Mm -hmm. But we don't tend to give people the benefit of the doubt that we can. And, you know, sometimes share these difficult things. And yeah. I love how your heart is to do that and to help women in that where they can find that Jesus is the answer right. to everything. You know, Doris, I'm hearing you talk about expectations we put on ourselves, which is a big struggle, I think, for many of us. But what about the expectations we think God places on us? I think we have a whole lot higher standard for ourselves even then Jesus does. And please, you know, don't misunderstand. We are to be perfect as he is perfect. We are always to be working out our salvation and we are to be coming. We ought to be becoming more like Christ, but there is no condemnation in Christ. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. What kind of, what are we putting in our own backpacks that God doesn't actually intend to put in them for us? And I put a lot of expectations on myself to be, I've struggled as so many people do. I call myself a recovering perfectionist because coming to know the Lord and walking with him over a number of years, I realized there is less and less that he is actually expecting of me and more and more that he is asking me just to be with him, just to tune into him, to bring all of my anxiety to him, all of my struggles, all of my burden of feeling like I'm supposed to be someone that I'm not. And he just wants me to be real with him and bring it to him so that he can help heal that. 
rather than me trying to strive to fix it myself or to put on a face. And so is God actually asking me to be perfect in so many aspects of my life? He's asking me to be closer to him and to follow him, but he is not necessarily grading me on how I'm doing. If anything, I, God has so much grace for us. If he were grading me, then I, we would all have an F if the Lord had a grade book because the <laughs> right. wages of sin is death, people. I mean, God, God yeah. would have, we would all have an F. But by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we get, we get an A plus and we get to have a direct line to God the Father. And so I'm so grateful for that. I need to remember on a daily basis, my performance is not, my performance is garbage to him. And what I really need is to be in communication with the Lord and recognizing how much he has already done. And that it's not about what I can do. It's about what he's already done, right? And these are the things, these are the platitudes that we share as Christians, but are we actually believing them and applying them to our lives? There's a reason that these statements keep coming out. It's because it's so important for us to truly understand the the basics of how the Lord loves us and doesn't have the same expectations for us that we put on ourselves in our culture, I think. So good. Yeah, somebody need to hear that today. I think we all needed to hear that today because we need to be reminded of that. And you're right. There seems to be these themes that continually emerge in our lives. And, you know, or and we listen to lies, you know, or the enemy's lies or what other people might say or whatever. And you're right. We we oftentimes put those extra expectations on ourselves of the way we think that God created us to be. And it's not really what he wants. He wants our heart. He yes. wants our our love or, you know, he wants our willingness to go when yes. he wants to send us somewhere, you yes. know, and not, he, you know, he's not interested in our insecurities either. It's like, you know, how Moses and, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't think I can do this. It's like somebody else. Excuse uh, no. me. I'm asking you to do <laughs> Excuse me. Are you questioning me? Because I know more than you. But um Really, Lord? Like, oh, that's right. You're in charge, not me. Yeah. Hello. Or Ananias, you know, when he was sent to, to go pray for Saul of Tarsus. Do you know who this guy is? It's like, well, yeah. Oh my I'm goodness. No, I didn't. Your... Thank you for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> of course right. the Lord knows. It's, it's, it's funny. We all do these things. It's like so funny. So I love that you have a heart for bringing that out and allowing women to have a place where they can share with each other. And I know you bring community together. And I would love to, if you would talk about your book, mm-hmm. Uh, love because. And what drew you to write mm. that book? Well, it was sparked by a conversation that I had with a very good friend of mine who actually had just been through personal tragedy. She had lost her husband and her daughter. And we were having a conversation about the last year of their marriage and how they didn't know, of course, that it was going to be the last year of their marriage. But in that last season that God gave them together, she said, we, we learned to, to care for each other in new ways. He would do something kind for me and I would do something kind in return. And it was like we were trying to outbless each other, is what she told me. And that word outbless just sat with me and it, it affected me. It really stabbed me in the heart. And I thought, Lord, I think this is something you want me to pay attention to. And how am I doing in my own life in this area? Am I willing to outbless my husband or am I more concerned about my entitlement? Oh. 
Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Am I willing to outbless my husband or am I more concerned about my entitlement, you know, how I think he ought to be treating me? Am I looking outside of myself and taking the first step, being the brave one to be kind to him first? Because otherwise you can get caught in this cycle where he's not doing something for me. I'm not going to do anything for him. And somebody has to make the first move. And I realized in my friend's life that they had learned how to do that with each other to the point where their, their love in action was snowballing. And so I thought, what would that look like if we all did that in our own homes and beyond our homes into our communities and in our churches? And what does it look like when we are loving people intentionally the way God loved them? In action, meaning our, our acts of kindness and service toward people is an expression of God's love to another person for a purpose. And that's why the book is titled Love Because. It's love for a reason, love on purpose for a purpose. There's a reason behind showing God's love to other people. And that is because, as the Bible tells us, that is how people will know that we are disciples of Jesus. It's by how we love each other. We can show God to a hurting world by how we love each other. There's so much power in that. So the book explores what does it look like to love people? And by love, we think romantic love, or we think, you know, I love that ice cream. Well, the word is tossed around kind of like confetti sometimes, but what does biblical love look like? And how do we share that? How do we, how do we receive it from God so that we can pass it on to other people? And how will that change the environment around us? And I just imagine this revolution in the world of people going out of themselves to do small acts of kindness. I'm not even, I'm not talking just about random acts of kindness, but intentional actions toward people in your sphere. And how can that affect those people and potentially spur them to do the same for others? What kind of an explosion of change would that create for what is now a very dark and hurting world? Because all you need is one little light to pierce through the darkness. The, that one little light is all it takes to provide a spark in a dark room. And, and we hear it in the news right now. It's all over the media how dark the world is becoming. Christians are so concerned about our culture and, and why is it getting darker and darker. One light will still pierce through the darkest night. And if we had thousands of those lights sparkling... And scripture talks about shining like stars in the sky. So what if all of these little acts of kindness would just exponentially grow? How is that going to change the world? And it just starts with one decision to reach out to one person in one moment. And there's so much possibility there. So the book explores what would that look like in a practical sense? What does that look like? And why does it matter? Because God has this supernatural power behind the scenes to multiply our love, just as he multiplied the loaves and the fishes, right? God takes our small act of kindness, like the little boy, he gave his little lunch. That story is not about the little boy. It's about Jesus behind it, who multiplied this one little act of service that this boy did. And look what happened. So God can use us, our smallest offerings. He can multiply them in such beautiful ways. And what a, what a privilege it is to walk this life with Jesus and have the opportunity to, to affect other people and affect the kingdom by just using whatever little gifts or um, abilities or awareness God has given us in a day. 
we, you don't have to be a famous person. You don't have to be an influencer in order to change the world. We all can do it one step at a time. And I just think that's so exciting. And it's, I don't mean it in a Pollyanna way. You too can change the world, but you can, you can change the environment you're living in right now. If you look at your husband and thank him for washing the dishes, instead of asking him why he didn't pick up his socks. Don't you think that right there Mm -hmm. will change the air that you're breathing in together? (laughs) And what if that became your habit? With your marriage relationship, your children, your families of origin, your, your friends, the, how you deal with your children's teachers, how you deal with the, the checkout person at the grocery store. If we have a different attitude toward each person as being a person deserving of love because they're made in the image of God, how does that change the way we look at the world and the way the world responds to us? So much possibility. Yeah, that is exciting. And I love the excitement in your I voice. Know. You know, the, you're, you're very passionate about I that. I am, and I kind of got on my soapbox, Doris. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I, no, I love it. No apologizing, because that is amazing. If everybody got on that soapbox, it would be like your book was trying to do, you know? So, but I, it's just, it, I love where, it's, where you said love and action was snowballing. Because when you think about it, that is a, an amazing visual, of course, I live in Florida, but I used to live in New Jersey. Oh, I'm so, so jealous. I know what I'm snow in looks like. You know, <laughs> it was five degrees below zero on Monday when I took my kids to school. So, can <laughs> I come visit you in Florida? Of course, <laughs> anytime. Um, that would be amazing. So, but you know, everybody knows what that means—that snowballing—and it it can just be something big, and it doesn't have to seem big to us. Because I know sometimes people will discount the gifts God has given them or what they're able to do for someone. If it isn't much, well, it isn't much. you know, we need to stop saying that here you go. It's not much, but it's, you know, it's like, it is much. We, we don't realize the impact we can make on someone's life. Even just smiling at someone yes. in a grocery store yes. who looks like they're having a really bad day, yeah. or maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're just kind of grumpy or, you know, it just, People just, we don't know their stories and what's going on in their lives. So we can impact others for sure. So I love that. So tell us too about the blessing toolbox. What is that about? Blessing toolbox is just the, the phrase that I give to describe some habits that we can implement in our lives. Again, practically, what does this look like to love people the way God loves them? And so I just explore these habits that we can implement to love people more by default so that it just becomes a natural part of our day. And so I'll just run down each of them briefly, Doris, if that's okay. So uh, for example, the first tool in our toolbox to bless other people has to be remaining in the vine, being in tune with Jesus, you know, reading your Bible, praying again, not in a legalistic sense, but if you're not receiving love and grace from the Lord, if you're not understanding who he is and how he loves us because you are understanding the God of the Bible, then we won't accurately be able to share or move forward that love into other people's lives. So just stick close to Jesus. That becomes, in that habit alone, if you become soaked with God, when you get squeezed, God will come out. So, hmm. and, and then another is to what, it's what I call start with your Jerusalem, which simply means when you're blessing people, don't forget your own family of origin or your own household, because it can be very easy sometimes to do random acts of kindness so that you're willing to give a stranger at the library a latte, but you're not willing to come home and smile at your husband. So, or, you know, how many of us have been in a situation 
in family life where we're on the drive to church and we're scolding the kids for whatever it might be. And then we're about to rip somebody to shreds. And then we get out of the car and smile at everybody inside the sanctuary because we're all happy church people, but we just cut down someone that we love dearly. So just to keep, keep in mind that our very first mission field is our, our own family, our own household. And then like we are talking about earlier, no blessing is too small. That's another tool. Remembering no blessing is too small. It's, it's, life is not made of the big momentous occasions or gifts. It really is built on those smaller blessings that happen often or are neglected often. And another tool is to be a cheerleader. That just means be encouraging with your words and your actions. Build people up. Don't tear them down. These are all biblical concepts, right? And then another tool is to what I call play the right tapes. And I joke that I'm dating myself in this. I mean, Doris, do you remember cassette tapes? Yes, I do. (laughs) I I say in the book that people under 30 years old might not know what that means, but it's not, we're not talking about Mm -hmm. scotch tape here. We're talking (laughs) about uh, what you're, what you're allowing to read, to play on repeat in your head. Mm -hmm. If it's negative thoughts about people, that's how you're going to treat them. So Flip the switch and think those positive thoughts. So again, uh, my husband, I'm mad. He left his socks on the floor and I told him I needed them in the hamper. Am I going to focus on that? Or am I going to focus on the fact that he's an awesome dad and he loves us and he is loyal and, you know, and he prays for us and he knows how to fix the sink. So uh, positives, think the positives, play the right tapes about people and forgive quickly. That's another tool. Forgive quickly. Just keep short accounts Mm. in the area of grievances And then just a couple more. One is to show the real you because authenticity, we were talking earlier about how honesty is a ministry. If you're authentic with people, they can identify with you better. I think they can relate to you better and feel as though you are a safe place to share their own struggles because they're not looking at you as though you can't relate to what they're going through. Um, And then finally, take care of yourself. I learned this the hard way. Self-care is not selfish, and I'm not talking about self-care as in take a bubble bath. Maybe that's your thing, maybe not. I'm just saying be in tune with your own need for God. Be in tune with your own need for rest, because Mm -hmm. in order to bless other people, if we try to bless other people by, uh, by continually serving, serving, serving at the expense of our own health, our own wellness, we will render ourselves useless to the mission of serving people. So again, I learned that the hard way, but it is important to make sure that you are um, loving yourself as love your neighbor as yourself, right? So God expects you to love yourself as an inherent part of that process. And loving yourself meaning means taking care of this temple that he created for you so that we can continue to do the work of God and do it as do it as well as we can in good health, good spirit, good, good, um, good attitude, all of it. Because when we get burnt out, we become pretty useless to the mission of serving other people. For sure. Those are fantastic. And great reminders of what we can do to bless other people. But like you said, we also have to make sure we don't get burned out because we'll be ineffective and no good for anybody. So (laughs) that's not going to work. And, you know, and, and too, when thinking about these blessings and how we can impart what we know and what we've learned um, to other people, because that's also what you do. And so this inspired the inspired business that you have, which was formerly ministry to business, because some some may have heard of that and know it from that. But I love how you are helping people use their gifts and their talents and their skills Mm -hmm. 
for what they are called to do. So if you could tell us just a little bit about that, and that kind of all ties in to the whole blessing message. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So again, formerly called Ministry to Business. Now we have uh, renamed this this company essentially as the inspired business. And I have a true heart for other faith-based writers and speakers and podcasters like you and me, people who have been called to share positive messages with the world, uh, biblical messages with the world, because I believe it's very important, especially uh, for such a time as this, the world needs hope. The world really needs hope. And God has called us to offer it in whatever way we have been called to do that with the skills that he's given us. And Um, the convictions that he's given us. And so I often see for many years, I have seen and experienced myself, this sense of burnout among people in faith-based communication industries, things like blogging or authors or speakers. And part in part, because we have a misperception that people working in ministry should not receive financial rewards for that ministry. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel that I I don't stand in that direction. I'm just talking about good stewardship of what we provide because what happens for writers and speakers is they're, they're called to serve. They grow their audiences. They work really hard to speak into people. And as their ministries grow, so to the, do the expenses of maintaining that ministry and, and listeners who aren't in that space, who don't write or speak, or host podcasts, maybe don't even understand, Doris, you know, what the expenses are behind the scenes. So there are, there are costs associated with maintaining an email list or a website or podcast editing and, and, um, you know, housing your audio and all sorts of things. And so my mission at the Inspire Business is to help equip those essentially business owners, those speakers and writers and podcasters, to generate a God-honoring income from what they do so that they can cover their expenses and beyond that, bless their family with a financial return for the work that they do. We give a lot of hours, a lot of energy to the work that we've been called to do. And just as any vocation is a ministry for the Christian, so too is speaking or writing or podcasting. If God has called us to it as a vocation, then the worker deserves his wages. So you wouldn't tell your dentist, that your dentist shouldn't get paid for, you know, providing you with a filling. And if that dentist is a Christian, then his dentistry is a ministry because all we're called to work is the working for the Lord. It doesn't matter what your job is. So for those of us for whom our job happens to be sharing uh, encouragement from the word of God, uh, I believe that there is evidence in scripture that we are, it's okay to be financially supported and always to be giving and volunteering in our own home churches and all of that. But when you're looking at it as a vocation, uh, it's okay to receive monetary returns that help keep that ministry running. Because otherwise what happens is too many voices burn out and we lose what they have to offer the world. That's the tragedy. If you were to decide tomorrow to stop your writing and your speaking, Doris, the world would lose out. So that's why I'm on a mission to help people sustain what they do by not becoming um, financially burnt out or mentally burnt out. Mm. Mm. That is important. And it really affects everyone because it is, like you say, also the people who 
listen to the person on the podcast or read the book that this author wrote, you know, these things, uh, you know, so many people will, will say that they experienced life-changing transformation by reading a book. And what if that author wasn't able to walk in their calling or quit before they were able to fulfill the work that God had prepared in advance for them to do. It's so important to do that. So yeah, I love that you have that heart for that. And so often we do do things for free. Now, like you said, there is a space for we volunteer for ministry work in our churches or in our communities. Absolutely. And, but you're right. There's also a space that we can be compensated to continue what we're doing because there are costs involved with these things. So it's so important that you brought that out. And I also love that you brought out the fact that it is biblical because, you know, a man or woman should be paid for their work that they do or the time that it takes them to be away from their families and things like that. So, so good stuff, Becky. Good stuff. It is, you know, I I like to think that just to wrap up that concept, the Proverbs 31 woman saw that her trading was profitable. I I like to think she Mm. had an Etsy business, that gal. Yeah. Yeah, her trading was profitable. And, and so it is biblical again, and we're not talking about the love of money. You cannot serve two masters. It it is the idea of being a good steward of what God has given you so that you can continue to do the work that he has called you to do. We are, we do live in a world economy. It's, it's where God has placed us. And if we Mm -hmm. can, if we can harness that for good, then all the better. Yeah. Yeah. And how we can turn around and reinvest that into the kingdom yes. work and bless other people and bless when a ministry has a need, we can say, I'll just, well, we don't write checks anymore. <laughs> Sometimes we do. I, I guess we still We Venmo. But, you know, we it's Venmo like, now. let me yeah. cover that. Yeah, we Venmo, we Zelle, we, we do all PayPal, whatever. Let me just, let me just help you with that. Or, you know, uh, mission field workers, they, they need funding. You know, there's so much that we can do. You know, we sponsor children in different countries. You know, there's so much that we can do with the Lord's provision because it does all belong to him. It does. It all belongs to him. We can bless people so many ways with our possessions, whether that's, you know, money or time or whatever it might be. But I, I get excited about that. I get yeah. excited. I, 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 I love to give. Sometimes my husband is like, okay, let's rein in the giving. <laughs> it's like we do it to eat <laughs> yeah. as a family. But, <laughs> yeah. but you fed the kids yesterday, so you should be good. <laughs> right? <laughs> Didn't I just feed you people yeah. yesterday? We talked about that. Um, but yeah, I just, that is exciting to me is how we can <laughs> meet needs where we see them. I, yeah. I don't know this. It, I could be completely off my rocker, but if, if more Christians had financial gain without believing that that meant they no longer needed the Lord, of course, there's always that danger, but right. how could we just really make a greater impact in the world? We don't need the money to do it. God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need it. But yeah. for, for those of us for whom he has gifted the ability to earn it, how exciting is it that we could use that to reinvest in the kingdom? It is so exciting. Yeah. It is a fierce calling for sure. And yeah, just a quick example in our church, we have the opportunity to sponsor children in Honduras because we're very uh, closely related to a Honduran ministry. And I mean, we know the people personally. And so there's mission trips that take place throughout the year when 
we got back to doing mission trips. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But we actually, you know, we fill backpacks. We we financially support these kids. And it's only like $15 a month for each child. And there were so many children. I don't know how many children now that have been sponsored. 300 and something oh. or more children. There were so many children sponsored that they had to actually build more schools because more kids could actually go to school. And so then there was funding for the school project and things like that. So it's just, we can see what God is doing and the fruit of what can happen when we use our funds according to God's financial plan. Yes. You know, according, and it is all according his, to right? His economy. It's all his. And, and he, he is sovereign over all of it. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I just, whatever he's, whatever he's going to give us, he's not, he doesn't call everyone to be rich, certainly. And that's not the objective. Again, the objective is yeah. to be a good steward of what you've been given, yeah. whether that is yeah. much or a little, I, I'm an advocate for a heart of reinvesting it in what can make an eternal impact, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not perfect mm-hmm. at it. Certainly. I'm not trying to sound so holy because I also do like to go to Starbucks and spend $5 on a way overpriced coffee. But, uh, but it, but I still, I get excited about the idea of how, what God blesses us with, we can use to bless other people. That to me is an exciting principle. And that goes back to the love because one of the ways we bless people is with our possessions. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's just a really great opportunity. It's, it's neat that God has given some of us the ability to do that. And Mm -hmm. I just, I want to give more and more and more. And like I said, my my sweet husband is very pragmatic, also generous, but you know, we, we do have <laughs> yeah. to, we have a daughter who will be in college eventually. And <laughs> yeah, right. College is expensive um, for sure. But I, you know, it, it is so true. And I love how you said that it makes an internal impact or ex- no, it makes in, what did you say? Eternal. You said eternal, impact. eternal, <laughs> you know, I, internal, you know that, internal, external, and you know, that heaven eternal, place, that eternal thing. <laughs> <laughs> all of those eternal impacts love it. <laughs> making them all but anyway i love this so much and this has been so fun becky how can the listener connect with you and check out all your books and if they are interested in finding more about the inspired business where do they find all of these great things to connect with you? well thank you for asking doris so you can find me my encouragement to um, christian women is at becky and i really hope that you have show notes where you can spell my last name <laughs> <laughs> because yes. doesn't anybody have to figure out how to spell that one, but beckykopitsky.com <laughs> and then the inspired business. I just, I love to connect with my fellow faith-based writers and speakers there. And that is the inspirebusiness.co, C-O, not com. We are a dot C-O. <laughs> and so I would just be honored by anybody who would be interested in um, just sending me a message or learning more about what I have to offer. That's always a joy for me to find new people to connect with. Awesome. And I just, I think too, this episode has given the listener a taste of who you are, your passion, your personality, and how easy it is to talk with you. So check that out. And I'll have all the links in the show notes so uh, people can connect with you, Becky. So thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a joy and a delight. Thank you, Doris. It's been delightful to talk with you. Thank you again for the opportunity. I hope that this message somehow blesses somebody out there. Thanks again. Yeah. And I hope to have you on again sometime. I would love it. All right, friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Sounds great. 
Well, wasn't that an amazing conversation there? Becky had so much great wisdom and truth to share with us today. And a great reminder that, friend, we don't have to hide our struggles. And it just doesn't do any good to try to hide those things. Maybe sometimes we can be the listening ear like Becky was and allow people to share their hearts with us because it's so important, especially at such a time as this. I love uh, some of the quotes that I had recorded. And one of them was, our acts of kindness and service toward people is an expression of God's love to another person for a purpose. And that's why the book is titled Love Because. It's love for a reason, love on a purpose for a purpose. And there's a reason behind showing God's love to other people. And that is because the Bible tells us that is how people will know that we are disciples of Jesus. It's by how we love each other. We can show God to a hurting world by how we love each other. Let's remember that, friends, and love each other well. I want to also invite you to check out the Edify app if you haven't already and start listening to Fierce Calling through the app and other amazing Christian podcasts that you can download that app for free. And also, I would love to talk with you about speaking at your next women's event. So reach out to me on my contact page at doraswift.com or at womenspeakers.com. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action for her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.